0: It is time for us to begin our midday program here on KRVN. It is 1130 on a Wednesday. Thank you so much for joining us. Got in here with you along with Jason Jorgensen and Bob Brogan and Susan Littlefield here at this time on this sunny but windy day. And uh, Susan, you said you probably aren't going to fly any kites anytime soon. Is that right?
1: You know, if I did, I might be able to get to Lincoln faster tonight, but and I'd have to do some work on the sail.
0: Well, <laughs> it would be very fuel efficient if you would do that, So, uh, but uh, maybe steering could be a problem.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: very much. For sure. What do you got for us today?
1: Well, we're going to hit a couple different things over the midday for everybody. Kicking it all off, Rebel will have a story about the horse industry, and they're going to host a webinar, so she'll give you more details on that. Speaking of webinars, we've got one coming up tonight, and it kicks off at 6 o'clock Central Time, so we're going to find out more from Jim about what this beef webinar is all about and some of the things that are going to happen. And as you guys, as producers, there is a link on our website. You can get yourself registered, and you'll have the opportunity to ask questions as well. But we'll talk more about that at 1245. Then at 117, UNL is partnering with the Nebraska ethanol industry to produce hand sanitizer for use by hospitals, nursing homes, doctor's offices, and so much more. So we're going to hear more about that with Bryce.
0: All right. Very good. Thank you, Susan. Appreciate it. Have a good day. Yes, you too. We turn it over to Jason Jorgensen now, and uh, baseball's thinking about uh, maybe trying to figure out a way to get the season kind of.
2: Yeah, I don't know if that was a trial balloon earlier this week or what, just to see how people would respond to mm-hmm. that, but uh, they're planning it. Certainly, there's a lot of hurdles there. Would take all the teams, go down to Arizona, and have everyone sequestered in hotels. So they'd go from the hotel to the ballpark, and they would play all the games down in Arizona with no one in the stands. Now the biggest reason I think the Major League Baseball players in charge of this or want this is they want to get paid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If there's no games, they're not going to be paid. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, But uh, it's an idea. Maybe they can pull that off. Hmm. Uh, the NHL, we'll talk about this in sports, they don't see how they'd be able to finish up the 189 regular season no. games they had before they could even start the playoffs, even if they wanted to. NBA is kind of in a similar spot, and I don't know how the NFL is going to pull off this virtual draft, which is oh, set yeah. for uh, later on this month. But they they are going to try. I just can't imagine drafting someone without being able to put in all the time and the personal meetings and everything that goes into yeah. all of this.
0: Well, that's good points.
2: I mean, you you have to go with your gut, I yeah. guess, in the war rooms of the NFL. I mean, you know a little bit, but. There's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that goes into those drab pigs we never know about. And now it won't happen. It's a crapshoot. It is. It's much
0: more of a crapshoot. All right. Very good. Thank you, Jason. Let's turn it over to Bob Brogan. Stocks are up again
3: today. Stocks are up a little more than 2% in trading on Wall Street. The leaders include energy companies, retailers, and airlines. Those companies were also leading the market early yesterday before a big gain for the S&P 500 index suddenly vanished. Also, congressional Democrats want to add hundreds of billions of dollars to that uh, package of emergency aid that President Trump is seeking. So those are some of the stories we're watching. That's all coming up on Midday.
0: Time for us to check in on our weather and see how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world. Brought to you by Holdridge Irrigation, your Ranky dealer. And we got Paul Perkins in here as the cold front begins to work its way into the
4: area. Yes, and it's bringing some very strong north and northwest winds. That's after we had some record heat yesterday. Uh, Many locations in central and eastern areas of Nebraska and Kansas made it into the mid to upper 80s. It got up to 89 yesterday at Beatrice and 90 at Concordia for the first part of April. Yes, Wow. And a lot of of locations, of course, right at it in in the low and mid 80s across the region, but much different scenario today especially as you go to northwest Nebraska. That's where we have temperatures in the low 40s, and that compares with 80 over portions of eastern Kansas right now. So a big swing in those temperatures with this cold front moving through. It is kicking up a little bit of light rain into very northeast Nebraska and towards the northern reaches of Nebraska, towards Gordon in the northwest. But those temperatures, once again, in the 40s in much of northern Nebraska. Many of our areas in the low and mid-60s in Nebraska We do have temperatures in the upper 60s to low 70s for southeast Nebraska on into much of west and central Kansas, then those mid to upper 70s as you head into eastern areas of Kansas just ahead of that cold front our temperatures today will be more seasonal in behind a fast moving cold front as strong high pressure pushes in behind that front we're going to see those northwest winds gust up to 30 to 40 fire weather a concern but more of a, a limited to kansas right now our temperatures tonight back to near freezing for many locations we haven't experienced that in a few nights here strong high pressure once again continues to build south for tomorrow Keep our temperatures slightly cooler than normal for tomorrow, so a cooler day for tomorrow. And those northwest winds expected to gust once again into the 30s. A lighter southerly wind on Friday and Saturday, returning the temperatures to near seasonal. Rain chances with some snow increased with a cold front late in the day Saturday into Saturday night. For Easter through Monday night, precipitation chances start to wind down. Mostly rain, but just a little snow is expected with this system. Easter Sunday temperatures will top out in the 40s at best with falling temperatures mostly likely during the afternoon with another cold front. The reinforcing shot of cold air will keep those temperatures 20 to 25 degrees colder than normal through at least Tuesday. In the long-term forecast, colder than normal temperatures remain very likely for Nebraska, Kansas, and much of the U.S. Monday through April 21st, especially the early half of next week for Nebraska and Kansas. During that time in central Nebraska, average daytime highs are in the low to mid-60s. The average overnight lows in the mid-30s, and we look to be much below that. Precipitation chances look to back off to near-normal levels for Nebraska and Kansas Monday through the 21st. Soil temperatures at 7 this morning and 4 inches down for northwest and north-central Nebraska in the low 40s. All other Nebraska locations into northwest Kansas with soil temperatures in the mid to upper 40s. Soil temperatures in the low 50s in Kansas along and southeast of a line from Concordia to Russell and Garden City. Weather factors impacting the markets include Arctic cold for the central U.S. and varying rain chances in South America, the first in a series of cold fronts driving to the southeast right now. Early next week, a complex weather scenario unfolding across the central and eastern U.S. may include a rapidly intensifying storm over the Midwest and a second, stronger cold outbreak, Potential impacts from this mid-April storm and cold wave could include wind-driven snow in parts of the Midwest, stress on livestock and a sharp cold snap where winter wheat and emerging summer crops may be vulnerable to a freeze, but it sounds like for Nebraska and Kansas we're going to be to the west of the worst of that system. In the Midwest and northern plains though, we will get the cold fact, uh, the cold effect with this that will curtail the further warming of the soils for field work and any planning that was underway cold expected to linger through at least the next two weeks for the southern plains much lower temperatures the next week also bears some watching for possible impacts to wheat in the jointing stage in central and northern brazil rain will continue southern brazil will remain drier with additional crop stress where crop estimates continue to be reduced central argentina will continue with the drying cool weather pattern through the end of the week tour areas will benefit while second crop soybeans still in the filling stage may incur some stress from that dryness but looking at a nasty week for Mm. portions of the midwest as we head towards next week
0: yep 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 you know but a good day a good day has to be paid for in the spring (laughs) and uh we're gonna pay a little extra for this one it sounds like several days and uh, not a good day to go out and hide Easter eggs doesn't sound like <laughs> no that. <laughs> that
4: very uh, uh, we 're getting those reduced temperatures right now. The wind uh, making it very difficult for today and tomorrow, but luckily, those temperatures for us today and tomorrow are not going to be too bad, but hold on for Easter Sunday into next week
0: okay all right, very good, thank you, Paul. I appreciate it Where do you go to check in on your weather
4: weather tab k r v n com
5: COVID-19 has wreaked havoc on many industries, causing for professionals to make tough decisions and alter their strategies going forward. In the equine industry, materials are being offered to individuals who are seeking guidance in this unprecedented time. I'm visiting with Dr. Kathy Anderson about the COVID-19 Horse Industry Webinar Series. To start, give us an overview of what the series is and some of the topics that will be covered.
6: So We do have um, about a four-part webinar series. That will begin today, and um, on different aspects or areas focused on, um, you know, resources and things for people in the horse industry. And so today's is, today's um, webinar is going to focus really on financial assistance for horse operations, um, for owners, and for horse businesses. And we're really excited because we have two pretty um, uh, very um, prominent people going to be presenting with this. Um, and so there's an Ashley. Um, Harkins from the United Horse Coalition and she's going to talk about different resources and types of things that they have to to um, help horse owners and then also there's Brian Brendel from the American Horse Council and also he's going to um, kind of talk about things a little bit of the federal loan assistance program and different types of things like that Um, because sometimes our horse folks don't always think about some of those types of things and how it can benefit them just as everyone else. So we've got a second one scheduled for next week on Wednesday, April 15th at one central time, and that one's going to focus a little bit more on biosecurity and um, facility sanitation, uh, you know, of your horse operation.
5: Many businesses in the equine industry offer a wide variety of services. How are essential and non-essential services being determined during this time?
6: Right, you know, that, that varies a lot as we move across the country, and on our horse extension site and the Facebook page, we've posted a few infographics that we've pulled together related to that, and I think you're going to see big um, differences as you move across the country. I know um, back towards the eastern areas, um, they're very strict now on individuals coming to their boarding stables, and they're not being allowed to do those types of things. Here in Nebraska, we've not gone to that point, um, and that's probably going to be a stable by stable um, or boarding facility kind of um, restrictions. Naturally, if you've got your own horses at home, then that's a totally different situation. So, um, right, we're trying to keep things as as abreast as we can. You know, it's, it's a continually revolving thing. And just remember, when you hear about something going on, make sure that you understand what state that's applying to or what county is applying to because it can be very different as you move from state to state and county to county.
5: In addition to the horse webinar, what are some other opportunities available to horse owners during this time?
6: Here this week, um, us at, at, with our UNL Extension um, group, we're going to be um, promoting a few other um, kinds of, like, learning lessons and online courses um, and those types of things. You can also go and search. There's some different breed associations that are actually doing virtual horse shows. American Pain Horse Association um, is one that I know is doing one um, some other folks have been doing a virtual ranch riding um, competition. And so, you know, those are great, especially like if you're able to still ride your horses. So you can kind of dress them up and and videotape whatever class it is that you're um, competing in and submit it to the virtual horse show. And they do actually have judges and stuff evaluating them and sending out um, awards for those things.
5: Once again, I'm visiting with Dr. Kathy Anderson with the University of Nebraska Extension. To access the COVID-19 webinar series and other resources, check out the UNL Horse and ExtensionHorses.org Facebook pages. And if you're unable to tune in, the recorded versions of those webinars will be available afterward. From the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff, I'm Rebel Saclocha on the Rural Radio Network.
3: It's time for Afternoon Sports. Here's Jason.
2: Hey, thanks. Well, the American Legion has canceled the 2020 Mid-South American Legion Baseball Regional, which was set to be played this summer in Hastings at Duncan Field. Along with that, another seven regionals around the nation the World Series have been canceled. Now, it's not known if Hastings will get to host the regional again next year because of the cancellation. The city of Hastings had already submitted a bid to host the event in 2021 and 2022. Now, for now, the Legion baseball season is still on in the state of Nebraska. After just one season as McCook Community College men's basketball coach, Kyle Drennan is leaving to take over as director of basketball operations at the University of Illinois Chicago. McCook went 15 and 16 this past season. And UNO has named Ohio State assistant Carrie Banks as its next women's basketball coach. She takes over for Brittany Lang, who was fired at the end of the season. Banks, who worked primarily with Ohio State's posts, joined the Buckeye staff in 2016. She also was a program's recruiting coordinator. This will be her first head coaching position. NFL Commissioner Gary Bettman made some news yesterday, raising the possibility of not being able to complete the regular season. During an interview with NBC, he stressed that all options remain on the table. Bettman says the league is hoping to have a better picture of the impact of the pandemic in the next couple of weeks and that nothing has been ruled in and nothing has been ruled out. Bettman said the ideal scenario would be to complete the season to determine playoff seedings, but he says that may not be possible. There were 189 regular season games still on the books in the NHL when play was postponed on March 12. And the Track World Championships in Eugene, Oregon, has now been rescheduled for July 15th through the 24th of 2022. The event was pushed back a year because the Tokyo Games were delayed until next year due to the pandemic. The Track Worlds originally were scheduled for August of next year. That's a look at sports. For more, find it anytime at krvn.com. I'm Jason Jorgensen.
1: Cattle producers continue to have struggles now more than ever with COVID 19. I'm Susan Littlefield with the Rural Radio Network, and I'd like to invite you to a panel discussion this Wednesday evening starting at 6 p.m. Central Time. This hour and a half webinar will bring expert panelists to share their insights and discuss the impact of COVID 19 on the beef industry. Register free today at our website, ruralradio.com. In addition to the online stream, the webinar will be aired live on 880 880- krvn
7: health officials have reported two new covid 19 deaths in eastern nebraska's douglas county bringing the state's total deaths from the coronavirus to 12 the two deaths included a woman in her 70s and another woman in her 90s who was a long-term care resident at the hard-hit douglas county health center Officials say both women had underlying health conditions. The long-term care center has seen 15 residents and 10 employees test positive for the disease. Two residents there have died. The statewide number of cases has risen to 478 as of Wednesday morning. More than 6,960 residents have tested negative. The University of Nebraska at Kearney hit a $1.7 million revenue loss due to the coronavirus. Vice Chancellor of Business and Finance John Watts add that a major portion was due to resident hall refunds for students leaving campus.
8: We know and expect losses due to refunds on the housing side of about $1.3 million. So I'm projecting that study abroad, educational programs, everything from refunding to paying for students to bring them back, to bringing faculty back, um, we think that
9: impact could near about 200000
7: Completion of other construction on campus has netted an additional $200,000. UNK has moved to remote learning since March 19th, with only around 150 students continuing to live on campus. Phelps County Community Foundation is opening the Disaster Relief Fund to assist individuals and families impacted by COVID-19. Executive Director of PCCF, Kara Faber, adds how community members can donate.
6: Donations can be made to the Disaster Relief Fund Obviously, through the mail to our location at 424 Garfield Street in Holdridge. They also can be dropped off there. We have a secure mailbox that's right by the front door. And I would also encourage people to just go online and make their donations at phelpsfoundation.org.
7: PCCF will work with local nonprofit organizations that are ensuring basic needs for individuals and families, and funds will be distributed accordingly. April is Child Abuse Prevention Month in Nebraska, and Governor Pete Ricketts highlighted the issue during his daily coronavirus briefing on Tuesday. He noted that teachers play an important role in helping to identify child abuse. And with children out in the classroom, it's a concern for us that we don't have those eyes that
2: would normally be watching the kids. And so again, we're asking for Nebraskans' help to be able to look out for the children in our communities, to pay attention to see if there are signs of child abuse.
7: Governor Ricketts says everyone has a responsibility to report child abuse or neglect. You can do so by calling the Child Abuse and Neglect Hotline at 800-652-1999. And finally, Bernie Sanders, who once had a strong lead in the Democratic primary, has ended his presidential bid. His announcement Wednesday leaves former Vice President Joe Biden, as a presumptive Democratic nominee, to challenge President Donald Trump in November. Reporting for the Rural Radio Network, I'm Austin Jacobson.
1: This evening we'll be hosting a webinar for the beef producer to talk more about COVID-19 and the effects on the industry. Good afternoon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. I talked with Callaway, Nebraska rancher Jim Jenkins, who has helped put together this entire webinar for tonight as we talk about the event that gets underway at 6 o'clock.
9: Yeah, you
10: know, the thought was just to help producers uh, in this very chaotic and challenging time to uh, connect with some real experts in, in different areas of the beef industry and, and the food industry. Um, and as a restaurant operator and a rancher, obviously I'm connected to uh, both the, the the grassroots side of the beef production industry and, and of course, uh, with the restaurant connected to consumers and customers. And uh, so the thought was to... Uh, help producers try to understand what is coming down the road and none of us of course have uh, crystal balls and we're not going to have all the right answers but I do think this uh, panel that we have uh, will will uh, provide some great information that producers might want to use or be able to use in planning over the next two or three months and, and and beyond.
1: What I, what I love about the fact is it is free for them to register, and they have the opportunity to get those questions answered.
10: Yeah, you know, one of the things we've tried to do, uh, we've tried to put people with different um, backgrounds. Uh, we're really fortunate to have Tom Henning. Uh, many people will know Tom as the CEO of uh, Cashway Distributing. Uh, but Tom also uh, is on the Economic Forecasting Board, uh, for the state of nebraska and he's also on the board of governors for the federal reserve in kansas city and so tom not only can talk about what he sees as some of the trends and challenges that restaurants and other uh, uh, food distributors are, are facing but tom will also be able to talk about the government stimulus and his view on how that uh, can sort of help our economy move through this challenging time Daryl Peel of course uh, many people know him and read his articles from Oklahoma State University and Daryl I think is just one of the top analysts in the country he he, and he's very um, uh, he's very experienced not only in assessing the beef market uh, but he knows risk management and he also knows international trade and uh, distribution channels he's done a lot of research in those areas as well and then Mike Maroney uh, from commodity ingredient hedging, is uh, is uh, a, a great expert in terms of just risk management and looking at sort of the fundamentals and how producers may be able to uh, protect themselves going forward from a risk management
6: standpoint.
1: What are some of the things that you're hoping beef producers and just agriculture in general can be able to, to walk away from the webinar with?
10: Well, I'm I'm just old enough to have now gone through uh, a number of crises. You know, whether it was BSE or the 2008 financial crisis or 2012 when we had uh, corn prices skyrocket and, and 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 hurt beef prices. What I've learned through the life of hard knocks is that while we're in the middle of this really challenging situation, and many of us are very stressed out by it. We have to somehow figure out what we can do to make our business more resilient. How, how can we put a better plan together? What we can what can we do from a risk management, a diversification standpoint? So this is a chance while we're so, sort of all holed up in our, our little communities or on our ranches or operating our feedlots, what can we do to... Uh, Come out of this stronger, and it, 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 and I'm not suggesting that it's going to be an easy path for any of us over the next year or so. I think it's going to be uh, be challenging. But my hope is that we could take some some good from this adversity and and make our operations stronger. Uh, it, you know, I can tell you as I used to not do much risk management. I now uh, do a lot of risk management using futures and options, and that has helped me significantly during this time. That doesn't mean to say I'm hedged perfectly, but uh, because of my past experience with some of these hard times, I've learned that you can create a better business uh, going forward if you're willing to, you know, make the tough decisions and join a webinar like this so you can. Listen to what some of the suggestions might be,
1: and you know, Jim. I think it'll help put in perspective too. They're not the only ones. I think.
10: Well, this more so than ever. We're all the whole country is in this. Consumers and our customer base, banker. You know, it's it's challenging for the banking community. And if there is a silver lining, and I hope that we can look at some of the lessons uh, or, or draw from this experience how we can go forward. This is bringing all communities and even our country, hopefully, more together.
1: You can find a link for tonight's webinar on our website at ruralradio.com. And you can listen live as well through KRVN and KTIC. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network.
2: Protect yourself and others from COVID-19. Nebraskans can help protect themselves from the coronavirus and other respiratory infections by staying home if you are sick and avoiding close contact with those who are sick. Washing hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. If soap and water aren't available, use an alcohol-based sanitizer. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth with unwashed hands. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects and surfaces. For more information,
3: visit krvn.com. With the Business Report, I'm Bob Brogan. Stocks have been up a little bit in trading on Wall Street. Leaders include energy companies, retailers, and airlines. Those companies were also leading the market early yesterday before a big gain for the S&P 500 index suddenly vanished in the latest twist for a market beset by big swings. price of crude oil rose ahead of a meeting of major producers. Global markets remain unsettled. Congressional Democratic leaders want to add hundreds of billions of dollars for health care, state and local governments, and food stamps to the $250 billion in emergency aid President Donald Trump is seeking to help small businesses weather the coronavirus epidemic. The just-launched Small Business Payroll Protection Program is being swamped by businesses rushing to apply for loans. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Democratic Leader Chuck Schumer back trumps $250 billion for small businesses, but want $125 billion channeled through community-based financial institutions. They also want $100 billion for hospitals and community health centers, and another $150 billion for state and local governments to manage the virus crisis. Thousands of acres of fruits and vegetables grown in Florida are being plowed over or left to rot because farmers can't sell to restaurants, theme parks, or schools nationwide that have closed because of the coronavirus. Other states are having similar issues. Leafy greens in California are being hit hard, and dairy farmers in Vermont and Wisconsin say they've had to dump a surplus of milk intended for restaurants. Many Florida growers have donated to food banks, but there's a limit on what the charities can accept. Farmers are scrambling to sell to grocery stores, but many already have contracts. With the Business Report, I'm Bob Brogan.
11: Partnering to produce hand sanitizer. I'm Bryce Duskin reporting from the Nebraska Sobbing Board Studio at Nebraska Innovation Campus. The impact of the coronavirus has created shortages of personal protective equipment and other products across the country. Nebraskans are now teaming up to find solutions to the challenges that this pandemic has brought. The University of Nebraska's Food Processing Center, in partnership with the Nebraska Ethanol Board, has partnered to create hand sanitizer. Troy Camp is the Executive Director of Renewable Fuels Nebraska. He says the partnership came together over the past two weeks after receiving clearance from the Food and Drug Administration.
12: The Nebraska Ethanol Board played a role the state of Nebraska had a lot of interest in making sure that there was enough hand sanitizer for the hospitals in Nebraska, and obviously the university played a huge role in making this all come together. In addition to those partners, you had the support from many of the, uh, of the companies that support the ethanol industry to begin with, donating ingredients, donating containers, Uh, We are packaging this product in containers anywhere from one-gallon jugs up to 250-gallon totes. And so uh, it's a tremendous effort being put together uh, by a bunch of people who are uh, coming together to make sure that the state of Nebraska and Nebraska citizens remain healthy during this crisis.
11: Can you give us an idea of how the process works of turning uh, the ethanol product into a hand sanitizer?
12: If you think about the product that comes out of an ethanol plant, it's really 190 proof pure alcohol. And so uh, that product in and of itself would, would kill this virus by itself. But in order to meet the FDA guidelines, you, you certainly have to make sure that we're following their protocol, their ingredient list, if you will, to make sure that the hand sanitizer includes everything that they would like it to include. So this particular uh, recipe, uh, you have the alcohol coming from the ethanol plant being added to much smaller quantities of deionized water, hydrogen peroxide, and then some kind of a, a product that makes it bitter. Uh, we're using a product called Bitterex. You could use isopropyl alcohol, although that's in very short supply, to make it so people don't Either accidentally or intentionally drink this product, uh, and those things get mixed together to make a 80% alcohol solution and glycerol. I forgot glycerol gets added to that process as, as well, um, and all that gets added together. And as soon as you put it in the tank, it really pre—it really mixes itself, and uh, it's ready to go.
11: You mentioned uh, this is going to help some of the uh, Nebraska hospitals, uh, according to the University of Nebraska, also heading to nursing homes, doctors' offices, and other health care providers across the state, as well as nearby areas. Are you controlling the distribution path in terms of uh, only getting it to those folks uh, in the hospitals and so forth, or is this a product that will be available to the public?
12: Well, we are certainly um, keeping it in reserve right now for the medical institutions that needed the doctor's offices, uh, certainly the government entities, even, uh, jails and whatever government offices might still be open that needed as well. The state of Nebraska is taking on that procurement role. So, uh, once the product is made, uh, on Innovation Campus, it then gets transferred to the state of Nebraska. Uh, to their procurement office. So, we hopefully this product gets out to those people that need it as soon as they need it.
11: That's Troy Brendan Camp, the Executive Director of Renewable Fuels Nebraska. I'm Bryce Duskett reporting on the Rural Radio Network. Air.
8: Play on the World Radio Network. I'm joined with John Payne, senior marketing analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter this week in Grain. And John, as we take a look here at the close, wheat obviously having its own story here. Corn not liking the ethanol numbers today, but really are traders just preparing for tomorrow's big data dump. Exports in the morning, Russia, OPEC, as well as the WASDI.
9: Yeah, and then the end of the week, you know, it's a three-day weekend, so there's there's a lot going on. I mean, I, I would think if you get bearish news on the report, there's a likelihood that we come right back here to this level. Just feel like three thirty is probably all all the cheap we need to get to here. Um, the ethanol data is pretty much factored in as far as the behavior of the ethanol plants. Um, you know, as far as mandates go, those are there's going to be an argument down the road for uh, for you know, an argument against using the the RFS in general, but that's that's for a different time. And I think, you know, if we can figure out a way to, to trade this stuff and then actually find somebody who can use it, we can we can, you know, come out of these lows. It might take a while on the ethanol side to move, but um, you know, I think there's so much bearishness priced in here that I just can't be short new crop corn below 350. I know that the story is different than it's been the last couple of years, but that just hasn't paid any bills going back. I mean, you're talking 2006, 2005. The last time being short at this time of the year worked.
8: So then, as we take a look as well, another one that we've continued to watch is currencies, emerging currencies, U.S. dollar. It's coming back around today. Something to be leaning on, or are we still kind of that deflationary mindset?
9: Well, I I mean, the currency battle is just—it's—it's like two between three or four beaten down horses. So there isn't a whole lot to, to write home about just because the dollar is stronger against the euro or the yen. Um, really where we need it to change is, is against the RAI. And, and it, that just has not happened yet. Uh, you, you know, U.S. dollar strength is, is a major, major problem here against these emerging markets. And that's not going away. And I think as we get closer to their planning window, they're, they're for sure going to try to plant at least what they did this year. Um, I'd imagine, um, you know, there's probably more acreage that can come online, but at five and a half, five point five, five point one five, 5.5, 5.15, the rail is certainly discounted against the dollar trading at, you know, 20 year lows basically.
8: Again, we're talking with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniels Ag Marketing in Chicago. You can learn more at DanielsAgMarketing.com. Again, their website is DanielsAgMarketing.com. Do remember, trading futures and options involves risk of loss. and may not be suitable for all investors. Consider these risks before investing. Again, higher in the Kansas City wheat contracts across the board. Chicago wheat will see May end a penny lower, the rest in the green. Corn will be red across the board, while soybeans, seeing May down a quarter the rest of them, up at least three quarters in those outer and deferred months, up over seven cents. That's where we see the most from the soybean meal market as well, going into the close. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.
3: Hey, that will do it for today's midday program here on KRVN. To hear a midday program in its entirety, go to podcast on KRVN, KRVN.com, or by subscribing to our Midday Podcast on iTunes or Spotify. Our Midday Podcast is sponsored by DaVinny Motor.
9: Howdy, folks. This is Rick from DaVinny Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and McCook. When you're ready to buy a new vehicle, expect that our hardworking, experienced staff will treat you just like family. Go to DaVinnyChryslerJeepDodge.com today. And remember, it's not a deal until it's a DaVinny deal.